Hello fellow humans, Chris here again. So if you're listening to me right now, then you're not seeing any difference. Uh, if you're if you're watching me right now on the YouTube channel, then uh, you're, you're, you might be noticing that you're not seeing me right now. And uh, that is that's intentional on my part. So for the people that are listening to the Anchor podcast here, you may not even know that I have a YouTube channel, uh, or you may not watch it, or maybe you do, I don't know. But if you only listen to the podcast, then this is how it's always been. About six months after I started the podcast, I extended to a YouTube channel. Initially, when I started this YouTube channel, all I was doing was uploading the audio onto the channel. So I wasn't doing videos. Uh, At some point last summer, I decided to venture out a little bit and start recording videos of my podcasts. And I kind of enjoyed that, but I found that as time has gone on, I think that I'm, for one, I'm I'm kind of straying away from the actual podcast, you know, the intent of what the podcast was supposed to be for, and kind of started getting into the whole video thing, and I just really don't think, on a personal level, I can justify right now continuing to do the videos as opposed to solely working on the the craft of doing a podcast, because I... I don't think that the YouTube channel is really having enough success, to, to be quite honest uh, about it. I, I think, as I'm, as I'm recording this right now, that when I'm recording into video and I'm looking at myself in my little computer screen, there's not quite that same feel of authentic thought sharing that goes with... Uh, a podcast, in my mind, being like a radio broadcast. You know, I talked about when I first started the the podcast back in the Tenth Man days. One of my earlier episodes was about how I got started in not necessarily podcasting, but but actually radio in in general, and and what I studied in college and all that, <clears throat> and how my interest in radio is what led me into starting a podcast eventually. And uh, anyway. Uh, I, I I do think that I would like to really focus on improving the podcast for what it is, is as a podcast, as opposed to recording myself on video and then just laying that to audio. So up until now, well, before I you know before I switched to to video, um, at the time that I switched to video, I have been recording video and then laying that down for the podcast. But that's not really what I want to do. That's not the intention of the podcast when it started. Um, the intention was to do uh, what it, what was effectively a, a radio production. So anyway, that's my long-winded way of saying that for the time being... Uh, I'm going to get back to focusing on this show as a podcast as opposed to a, a YouTube channel. Uh, I will be continuing to upload my episodes to YouTube, which because by the way, when um, when I first moved to YouTube, primarily the reason that I did it was because um, 
in some of the research I had done, I actually found that more than 50% of people who listen to podcasts get their podcasts from YouTube. I might be mixing those numbers up a little bit. It might have been uh, 50% of podcasts, more than 50% of podcasts are listened to on YouTube, or more than 50% of podcast listeners get them on YouTube. I don't recall which one of those it is. Either way, it's a significant amount to where I felt that it was just another avenue to get the the podcast out there. So that was kind of what that was all about. But But again, I do feel that if I focus on the audio aspect of it, I could probably put out a better product, I think. that That's the hope, anyway. And if, if the popularity of the YouTube channel uh, substantiates it down the road, I could potentially uh, continue and resume with doing the videos as well. Uh, that's something that I'll revisit a little bit later. But for right now, uh, I, I, I do think it would be good for me and my development here, you know, uh, finding my voice and all that, to kind of get back to the basics and stick to the podcast. So, having said that, uh, just going to do a really quick update uh, now that I've kind of already wasted the time that I would normally take to, to do my to do my episode here. But um, oh, and and yeah, and I and I I was going to say if you listen to the podcast solely, which I appreciate if you do, uh, I don't necessarily know who all of you are. But I know who some of you are, and the fact that I don't know who all of you are actually is kind of a cool thing, because I can tell where listeners are coming from, how many there are, um, and some of the demographics, but I don't, there's no personal identifying information, so I don't know specifically other than people telling me that they listen. Um, So because of that, I'm able to see the sort of spectrum of who is listening and again uh, quite quite frankly um, it's doing better on the audio podcast the anchor spotify apple google play all that um, audio podcast listeners are seeming to be more invested in this show uh, than the video so that's kind of my my reasoning right now, so I, I do thank you if you are uh, one of the people, and it, and if you're somebody that watches the videos, I I, I also appreciate you as well, and I, I hope that you'll continue to to support, and uh, hopefully um, as I get better at this, and uh, maybe get some some better equipment, uh, maybe I'll return to doing video. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. There's some things going on, you know, I've, I've been talking a little bit about the deployment that, that has officially ended now, so I am in, I am in deployment limbo, as you might say, not able to go home just yet, but the mission uh, is effectively over. Now, there was a good question by Feral Human on what was the, what was the biggest or what was the most difficult person uh, that you dealt with, and how did you handle it? Now, this was an interesting question. Um, this one I had to think about for a little bit. I think 
for the intents of the uh, of the question, I, I don't think I have anybody that was difficult in the way that you might be thinking, um, like belligerent wise, that sort of thing. Uh, there were people. There were definitely people acting strangely. Um, people who were maybe a little bit over enthusiastic and not necessarily in a good way. But there really wasn't anybody uh, belligerent or, or um, you know, in an aggressive sort of argumentative way. And I think for the most part that's because this was a voluntary operation and, and the people that showed up generally wanted to get the vaccine. Uh, where problems could arise that I noticed would be people being turned away because they didn't have proper credentials, whether that be they didn't meet the requirement, the age requirement, or they didn't have some kind of medical issue that substantiated them getting the shot. Um, one thing that happened in particular was during the first wave, the first round of vaccinations, um, when I got there in those first three weeks, we were letting anybody in, uh, as long as they met the criteria, we weren't doing ID checks, we weren't doing really anything. Uh, it was a very, it was a little bit of an honor system, I would say, and I think a lot of that is because we we weren't filling to capacity. We We were getting a lot of people getting their shots, but we typically had excess um, at the end of the day. So it really wasn't a, a thing where we needed to be particularly careful about checking for people meeting the criteria simply because we weren't running out of shots. However, what did end up happening was that people uh, started lying about who they were, or they d would do different things. Uh, sometimes they they didn't. They maybe they just didn't know that they needed to wait a certain amount of time for their second shot. And people were falling through the cracks. People that were not supposed to be getting their shot were getting shots. Some of this was people being underage, even, um, and and that became a problem. And for that reason they did start implementing strict ID checks. And every single person, no matter how old you looked, was getting their ID checked. It was just like getting alcohol at a, at a sports game. didn't matter if you looked 50. Um, they were still checking IDs. And um, so what ended up happening was people that were coming for their second shot sometimes didn't bring proper ID because... It wasn't required of them the first time they got their shot. This was, you know, relatively rare. But uh, when you are talking about, you know, five to eight thousand people per day, even rare is going to be a pretty good amount of people. So, in those cases, most of the time the people would be understanding, and they'd usually be a little upset, but they would understand and when we'd explain to them why we were doing what we were doing. There were occasionally people who were pretty belligerent about it. But even then, it, it was never 
it really was never out of control. The only time that it really, that anybody else got involved was uh, somebody who didn't have their ID and they didn't, they didn't really want to leave, but they really weren't being aggressive. It, 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 it really, you know, the, they, they called security and then the security called the police but I, I really don't think it was necessary. Uh, the gentleman never, never really, uh, he never got violent. He never, it didn't, didn't look to be a threat at all to me. He just didn't have his ID. He was an older fellow too. So, you know, again, that's not really a, a great answer to the question, but I would say that would probably be the most difficult thing. You know, you also, you would get people who were high Poor or homeless people would come up, and uh, th- there would be people who were seemed to be under the influence, and sometimes they would get sick, sometimes they would throw up, uh, they would get panicky. I think some of that might have to do with the fact that there's armed military and uh, police all over the place, and maybe they're realizing that they have drugs in their system, and they're not supposed to be high when they're getting their vaccine. So there, those things like that would happen, um, but... Uh, Nothing, nothing really too crazy, really. When we were working in the parking lot, sometimes you would get people just being overly aggressive about about getting out, about about driving away before their 15 minutes were up. So when they would get their shot, they were supposed to be under observation for 15 minutes. Most of the people, again, would were very patient with that, but you would always get people who would just fly out and you know it wasn't our job to stop them we 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 didn't actually have authority to detain them we we weren't detaining them uh, we were just observing them and if they wanted to leave we we wouldn't stop them and you know honestly probably if somebody really doesn't want to be there and uh isn't going to be very pleasant then it's probably best for all parties that they that they take off anyway so uh yeah i don't know if that's uh, you know as I, as I say that story back i i I don't know if that's really a great answer, but uh, I don't I don't have anything more exciting than that on that one. I also wanted to say one one more thing on on the topic of COVID. So this Delta variant is uh, becoming a thing. I don't know if if you've heard about this at all, but um, it is it, it's it was actually started in India. And they had a, a widespread pandemic of, of this particular variant over there. And it also affected the UK. And there's a, there's a concern because the United Kingdom, their, their, um, their vaccination rates are very similar to the US's, are right now climbing quite a bit, uh, 64% a week, according to this USA Today article, as a result of this, this Delta variant and so there's this fear that this is something that could happen in the U.S. because the U.S. has a similar trend uh, with with the U.K. here. From what I understand, uh, people who have gotten both doses of the uh, Pfizer and Moderna vaccine are very effectively protected against this variant, but you have to have both vaccines. Unfortunately... Uh, the state that I'm in right now, in Oregon, which uh, fortunately I'm not going to be in for very much longer, uh, but Oregon is one of the, if not the worst states 
in the country for COVID rates um, and death rates. And that's largely just because of the fact that the people in this state do not take it seriously. And I can attest to this on a very personal anecdotal level. Uh, Being here in Medford, um, these folks don't want to wear masks and they don't want to get their vaccine. Working at the Jackson County Expo, we would be lucky if we would hit 3% capacity of shots every day. So, you know, there's a positive way to look at it. We got over 26,000 people vaccinated in this time here. And that that's very, very likely uh, lives that were saved. Um, however, it's kind of depressing to think that we probably could have done a lot more while we were here if more people showed up. And uh, the, 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 the fear is that this new variant is going to make its way across the country and there's going to be a resurgence. That's what's, that's what's happening in the UK. And uh, it, it's looking like that could be a thing that happens here. Now, again, people that are fully vaccinated, the, the data is showing that they're more than 90% effective with, with that original COVID vaccine uh, against this new variant. So that is a a positive, obviously, silver lining there, but we still don't have the amount of people vaccinated that we would need to have a true herd immunity. And uh, I I also want to make a little pitch about wearing your mask in addition to getting your vaccine, whether you've, well, hopefully you've gotten, (laughs) hopefully you're fully vaccinated um, if you're listening to me now, but... um, Either way, uh, if you're not, then please, please get vaccinated. Uh, but if but if you are fully vaccinated, really try to you know think about continuing to wear your mask. You know it, it's it's good that it, even here in Oregon, everywhere that I've been uh, indoors, they require you to wear your mask indoors, whether you're vaccinated or not. However, the hotel that I'm staying in is relying on the honor system. If you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. However, they're not going to check that. Nobody's looking at anybody's cards. Nobody in this hotel, besides me and besides the other service members that are staying in this hotel right now with me and the people that work here at this hotel, we're the only ones that wear masks. No other guests, none of them wear masks in this hotel. And if I'm going purely off of extrapolating the percentage of this community that is getting their vaccine, and I extrapolate that towards the percentage of people staying at this hotel that are likely vaccinated, not all those people are vaccinated. In fact, probably most of them aren't. Because I would venture to wager that the majority of people, well, let's put it this way. There's, there's going to be an overlap. There's going to be a pretty strong overlap of people that are against the vaccine and who don't want to wear masks. Makes sense, right? There's, there's got to be. There's got to be a pretty significant overlap. So you get these people who don't want to get the vaccine, and now all of a sudden they're told, hey, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. But we're not going to check. Hey, it's an honor system, right? It's not a stop and frisk. You know, we're not Nazi Germany. We're not, we don't check papers. 
So you don't, you know, it's an honor system. You really think those people are going to just willingly wear a mask when they're already anti-mask and anti-vax? So what I'm saying is that kind of mindset is not going to help with this new variant, which is why people like us thinking humans who follow the data, follow the science, um, we've got to really try to be vigilant and do our part to protect others. You know, it's kind of like, you know, my mom used to teach me about about driving, you know, drive, assume that everybody else is an idiot and you kind of overcompensate. That's kind of, it's kind of what we have to do, unfortunately, with, with the uh, protections for COVID. Uh, we have to try to make up for a lot of those idiots who are um, just not interested in in following the science. Having said that, I, I you know I think that it's fine when you're outside, when you're keeping your distance. You don't need to wear a mask. It's pretty well understood that it's 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 pretty difficult to to pass on COVID outside if you're not getting in people's faces. But as I often say, you know I'm I'm a, I'm a big numbers guy, and you look at you know you get any. Whenever you get a significant amount of people, you're going to have all kinds of different potential outcomes. People are going to do crazy stuff the more people you have as a sample. And um, I, I kind of look at it that way with with the with the wearing of the masks. In that, you know, you kind of need you need extreme reactions to extreme positions. You know, I, I think of I think of um, like PETA, for example. I don't agree with all of PETA's tenants. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a meat eater. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I do I do eat meat. I eat red meat. And uh, but vegans are great great people. And I I mean, I have family members who are vegans and their reasons for doing that are very sound to me. I I. I get where they're coming from, and to me, what they say makes sense. Now, I don't necessarily subscribe to all of it. You know, you can have a you can have a respect and an understanding for somebody, even if you don't agree with their particular position. But what I will say, I think that PETA is necessary. I think that vegans are necessary. I think that these extreme, and, I, and when I say extreme, I want to clarify that I don't mean that in a derogatory way, uh, or in, to somehow say that uh, they're they're uh, you know some kind of like radical or loony thing. I just when I say extreme, I just mean to the other side of one other extreme. So I think that that is a necessary countermeasure to the abuse of animals in this country just uh the propensity to hunt or overhunt um so what what i'm saying is i think that for the extreme amount of people who strongly feel averse to masks and vaccines the people on the other side need to be more extreme to the other side to counter that so that's why i would implore free-thinking uh, people. And, and and by the way, I, just, I do want to say one more thing. I hear people sometimes talk about people who wear, wear masks being sheep. We just like to point out that the CDC has 
put out there guidance that you don't have to wear a mask when you're amongst other people who are fully vaccinated if you're fully vaccinated. You can even just not wear a mask now indoors if you're fully vaccinated. Even DOD and DHS have uh, done that for military bases. However, there are a lot of people, fully vaccinated people. I've been fully vaccinated for going on five months now, and I still wear my mask when I'm in this hotel, for one, because God knows what's coursing through the air in this hotel. The people are breathing out. <laughs> and, uh, and, and same thing when I go out in public. I'm still wearing the mask. That's kind of the opposite of being a sheep. If I took the mask off purely because the CDC told me it was okay to, I don't know, that seems a little bit more sheepish to me than deciding, well, you know what, in my mind, I think, I think I'd feel comfortable continuing to wear a mask for the time being. And that's based on my own personal research and analysis, not based on what somebody else is telling me to do. So anyway, uh, thank you for sticking with me this long. I'm sorry this was... I actually did not intend this one to be this long. Maybe that's the benefit to doing the videos because I don't ramble on as much because I don't want to look at myself that long. But on the other hand, I do kind of enjoy this because this feels more like what I was kind of about when I when I started the podcast and what I, what I wanted it to be. So I do appreciate that. Um, but thank you. If you've stuck with me this long, I, I, I thank you for that. Please, um, please let me know, you know, give me, give me your thoughts. If you, if you really are like, Hey, I want the videos back. God damn it. <laughs> let me know. Okay. Um, I, I just, from, from what I'm seeing numbers wise, uh, analytics wise, I, it seems like, uh, the benefit is more, no, there, there's more potential reach right now with the audio podcast and with the video. Perhaps a compromise down the road would be something where the, the there's a video channel that's totally separate of the podcast, um, but at the same time, I, I'm not really at a place right now where that's easy for me. I've got, got a lot of things going on. And uh, again, I, I just I think that I can put out a more quality product if I focus on one thing and don't try to overreach myself too much. So uh, thank you very much for sticking with me. I will cut it off there. Let's try to beat the 30-minute mark here. Um, have a great rest of your day. Uh, please continue to ask questions of the, the deployment. I'm hopefully going to be home again by the time I do my next show. Um, and I will have time to think about some more questions and answers for you. But uh, oh, and and uh, and just want to give an acknowledgement to Juneteenth tomorrow. You know, I I didn't even learn what Juneteenth was until I worked for a gospel radio station in Richmond, California, Gospel Eleven Ninety KDYA, and uh, KDIA sixteen forty AM, which is a Christian talk station. So when I worked for KDYA, um, we we host the Juneteenth. It was gospel gospel in the park and that was when I, that was that was how i learned about juneteenth didn't learn about it in school at all learned about the emancipation proclamation that uh, lincoln gave but didn't learn about juneteenth which took place uh, june june 19th after the after the civil war you know i think that that's something that probably would be good to, to include in in our education so i'm glad that we are finally 
finally, God knows how how late we are doing this, but uh, acknowledging it as a federal holiday. So, happy Juneteenth, and I will be uh, catch up with you all again real soon. Thanks a lot for sticking with me, and have a great rest of your day. And remember, don't be afraid to question the consensus. Thank you.